Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Now more than ever. Now more than ever. And I know we've prayed a few times already in this service, but can we just pray another time as that God will prepare our hearts as we head into this very important message? Lord, give us ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say to us. We're here together. Come in unity, Lord, to worship you, to be challenged in your word, for our faith to grow, and for our eyes to see what you see. Lord, I pray that you would accomplish something in each one of us today that does impact people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You ever had a time in your life when you felt like your street cred was just up here? Like you were, you were moving forward? Like when you walked around, people knew it? And they looked up to you, they respected you, your reputation preceded you. I, I, I was living that. At one point in my life, I was in fifth grade. And <laughs> things, I can't describe how good things were going in my life and what people thought about me. I walked out on recess and it's like, all right, this guy knows how to play kickball. <laughs> like, let's just say it right now. Things were going great until, until my teacher had a genius idea, at least she thought it was, and that is to show the movie to our class where the red fern grows. Now, some of you haven't read the book, you haven't watched the movie, I'm not recommending it. Uh, it destroyed my credibility among those other fifth graders because I thought where the red fern grows, I'm like, this is cool, It'll be like a science movie about a red fern, it's going to be great. And then it ends up being about dogs and dog movies just get me. They just give me Old Yeller. Anybody ever watch that one when you were younger? Forget it. I would not watch one minute of that movie now. Got to keep my street cred. But I watched Where the Red Fern Grows with all the other classmates. And I don't know what point in the movie. I don't remember the movie well. All I remember is I just lost it. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm all like, stop crying. I'm, I'm screaming at myself. Stop crying. Stop crying. And I couldn't. And the tears were coming, and I just, I boo-hooed, and it was so sad. It was, it was terrible. How many of you have vowed, like, to never cry? You know, you're like, ah, I'm too much of a man, or I'm too strong emotionally, I'm not going to cry. And now I realize, you know, that real men do cry, okay, and it's a good thing, and it's good to shed tears and all of that. I'm hoping that none of the, the, the Lions fans have to shed any tears this afternoon. I'm hoping that does not happen. I hope that that does not happen. But we all at times, I'm sure, have cried. We all at times know someone, have known someone who cries at the drop of a hat. You know what I'm saying? You might be sitting next to someone and, and people are looking around right now. You're like, you know, that person, they, they know how to cry. They know how to cry. But for all of us, you know, there's that, that, that news of happiness or inspiration or sadness. And it can cause us to shed a tear or two or three or more. We probably have all heard someone cry in pain. Probably have all heard someone cry out, maybe a child in fear, calling mommy and daddy to come to their room after a bad dream. Many of you have probably been around someone who cried, or maybe it was you yourself who cried with grief at the passing of a loved one, especially if you weren't for sure if they were right with the Lord or not. Now allow me to get real serious real fast. 
when I started working on this message for today, I did what I always do when I start working on a message, and that is I prayed. And in my time of prayer, a thought hit me like a freight train, and it was this thought. What will the cries of our community sound like on Judgment Day? In that prayer time, that thought hit me. I couldn't get away from it. What will the cries of our community sound like on Judgment Day? And you might be thinking, Pastor Keith, I don't want to think about that right now. Can you just encourage me today? I need that. Hey, I get it. I get it. But for today, I feel compelled to ask the question, what will the cries of our community sound like? On Judgment Day, I'm, I'm talking about the people that we live next door to. I'm talking about the, the, the kids, parents that we sit on the sidelines with during the game or in the bleachers. I'm talking about family members and friends, co-workers who, who might not have relationship with God. I'm talking about them. And what will their cries sound like on Judgment Day? When they stand before the one whose eyes are like blazing fire. The one whose voice is like rushing waters. When they stand before the almighty, holy ruler of the universe, what will those cries sound like? Revelation chapter 20 gives us a picture of that day. It says this, And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, the earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, the death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. What will the cry sound like of those on that day, whose names are not written in the book of life. Let me ask you another question, and it's this. What will the cries and confusion and fear sound like at the Lord's coming prior to Judgment Day? described as the return of Christ, as the second coming of Christ, even as the rapture, you consider then at the moment of the rapture of the church, what will the Christ sound like when millions and millions and millions of people are left asking the question, where did they go? Jesus did what he could when he was on this earth to prepare the world for the suddenness of that event of his return, of the second coming of Christ, of what we call the rapture. And he described a couple instances in the Old Testament where people were just living life as they live life when suddenly something happened. And he relates it like this. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his ark, his boat, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And... The world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, Jesus said, it will be 
business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Think about that for a moment. Right in the middle of a uh, business transaction, one's left, one's gone. Right in the middle of a video conference with coworkers, all of a sudden, one has an empty chair. Consider a group of men working on a roof. All of a sudden, one of the workers is gone. Think about a husband and wife in the middle of the night sleeping in their bed, and all of a sudden, the believing spouse is gone. And all that's left is an empty, warm spot on that bed where she or he was. Where did they go? Where did they go? See, amidst the, the cries and the confusion and the fear of those who are wondering, like, where in the world, what just happened, what, what's going on, where did these millions and millions of people just vanish to? In the midst of all of that, there will be some people who know exactly what just happened. I think about myself, I, I grew up in church, and, and I grew up uh, having the Word of God read to me and preached, and I read the Word of God, and I, I, I heard about the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church. I heard about Jesus' coming many, many, many times. And if I had chosen to walk away from the faith, and the rapture took place, I would have known exactly what just happened. And imagine the, the shame and the regret and the utter despair for someone who knows at the moment of the rapture, they're still here and they know exactly where they went. There will be others who just, just won't know what just happened. There will be others that will be wondering where in the world did these people go? What in the world just happened? So sudden instantaneously, millions and millions and millions and millions of people gone, just like that. Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church about this moment, and he said that it will happen in the blink of an eye. According to a Harvard database, that is between 100 and 400 milliseconds. That's fast. That is fast. And millions of millions of people vanishing that fast will cause havoc in this world. I wonder if there will be trains that derail. I wonder if there will be uh, cockpits that are suddenly empty of, of believing uh, pilots and people in, in, the, in, in the coach and in first class and throughout that plane all of a sudden filled with fears they realize the cockpit is empty and the plane goes down. I think of a, a college professor as he's teaching and, and all of a sudden, whew, he's gone, and there are the students left asking, where in the world did he go? I think that it's very likely that, uh, that upon uh, this taking place, when it takes place, that there will be conspiracy theories that, that go viral. People will be wondering, was it an alien abduction? Had to be some of that AI, something. Maybe a, some people will think and theorize that it was a, a human pathogen developed in a lab. Others would think that it's just like a Marvel movie and there was a blip and people were gone. But Jesus actually prepared us through his word of what this will be like. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, according to the Lord's word, according to what God said, the apostle Paul wrote, we tell you that we 
who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. We'll be caught up. In the Greek, this means to be snatched up, to be taken, just like that. Just like that. You see, Jesus did not say he might come back for his church. He might come back for those who have placed their faith in him. No, 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 he didn't say he might. He said he will, without a doubt, come back at the right time. And there will be the rapture. There will be the second coming of Christ. There will be the church, the people of God, going to be with him in the air. Did you know that there are over 300 references to the second coming of Christ in the New Testament? 23 of the 27 New Testament books talk about this. You can't read the Bible without seeing that this was a theme from beginning to end that God had set up before the beginning of time as we know it in order to let us know that there is a day when Jesus Christ will come back for his church. After Jesus died, he rose again and after spending 40 days with the disciples and others, the scriptures teach us in Acts chapter 1 declare exactly what happened, and that is that he ascended to heaven, ascended to the throne. And the angels came to the disciples. They're looking up at me like, that's crazy. That's weird. Like, what just happened? Jesus was here, and whoo, Jesus is not here anymore. And an angel came and told the disciples this to this same Jesus who has taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Whoo, ascended, he will come. And according to the Lord's word, we will be caught up together with the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the Lord forever. Hebrews chapter 9 declares that Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, once to bring forgiveness for many from their sins, will come again. Not to deal with sin, he's already done with that on the cross. Not to deal with sin, but what? To come back, to save those who are faithfully, eagerly waiting for him. Jesus, in his own words, I go and prepare a place for you. I will come back. Not maybe, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Now who is he coming back for? Who is he coming back for? Is it for people who attend church a lot? Nope. Is it for people who's, who are living their life in this way where they're trying to make their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds and then be okay at that final day? Nope. Is he coming back for people who are related to someone who's ready to meet the Lord? Nope. Who's he coming back for? Who's he coming back for? He's coming back very simply He's coming back for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and are faithfully following him. That's who he's coming back for. In the New Testament, we read descriptions of those people, the church, the children of God, the 
holy ones, those who are saved, the brothers and sisters in Christ, he's coming back for them. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're faithfully following him, let me include it, he's coming back for us. He's coming back for us. There will be a day when he comes back. A moment that we aren't expecting it. A moment when we didn't see it coming and boom, just like that. Just like that. We will be with the Lord forever. Are you ready? Are you ready? You either are or you aren't. Are you ready? Because on that day, we got to be ready. On that day, it's not like, oh, give me just a second, Jesus. I'm going to pray real quick. No, in the blink of an eye. Millions and millions and millions who are faithfully following Jesus after accepting him as their Lord and Savior are with the Lord forever. Millions and millions and millions then asking the question, where did they go? What just happened? I don't understand. Can you imagine the cries and the confusion and the fear that's going to sweep across our, our world as people wonder, where did they go? Are you ready? Are you ready? You see, we aren't born ready. See, ever since the Garden of Eden, when God created the heavens and the earth and created a man, he created a woman, placed them in this garden. All, ever since then, ever since their sin, their first sin, ever since that, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us can say, no, 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 I'm, I'm different than Adam and Eve. I'm different than everybody else has lived. I'm different from all these people I'm sitting around. I'm different from all these people who are watching online. I'm, I'm different. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not. You might look a little different. You might dress a little different. But you're not different. Every single one of us have sinned. Every one of us had, for anyone except Christ, this huge statement, banner across our life. And it said, guilty. 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 Because every single one of us have broken God's commands. He's a holy God set apart. Every single one of us have done not just one thing, but many things that are in opposition to God, that are in rejection of God, that are in disobedience to God. We all have, every single one of us. But God so loved the world. But God, I'm talking about the, the one true God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. I'm talking about the one who is over all. I'm talking about the God of the Bible. God so loved, so loved. And I know that love is like, has so many different definitions. You know, you maybe watch a, a romance movie or, or someone says they love chocolate and all those things. That's great, that's great, whatever. But this love is not like that. This love is not that which gives us butterflies and so I feel like I want to maybe do something. No, no, this love is a covenant love. A love that God has, a love that God is, a love that God demonstrates as a covenant to people. He loves people and therefore it spurs him to action because of that love. Even if he doesn't feel like it. Even on the days he doesn't feel like it. He loves. And God so loved the world that he gave his only son, God the Father, sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, to walk this earth. And to willingly give his life on the cross. He, he, he wasn't crucified to that gruesome Roman cross. 
for punishment of anything that he did because he was perfect in everything and in every way. Divine. No, he went to the cross. He allowed himself to be crucified for the sins of humanity. Bearing the sins of humanity. This is what the word of God says. To all who receive Jesus, to all who believe in his name, he gives the right to become a child of God. He gives the right to become saved, born again, a brother and sister in Christ, the church, big C, the holy ones. He gives the right. We don't earn it. We can't trust in our works. No, no. He gives us the right to become children of God. Why? And how? By us receiving and believing. Believing. Believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. The son of God and the savior of the world. Believing that Jesus died on the cross in my place and in your place so that we could have salvation. Believing. Also receiving. Receiving him as your Lord. It's more than praying a prayer. If a prayer is genuine, a life will follow. And Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me day after day after day. Trusting in him, living for him, longing for him. Receive and believe. I have to ask every person in this place, you're watching online, are you ready? Are you ready? If you are, praise God. If you are, aren't you excited about your blessed hope that Jesus Christ is coming soon? Aren't you excited that you're not going to be on this depraved earth forever? Hmm. He's coming. Are you ready? This is, an, this is a moment for every person here today to ask yourself, are you ready? Don't lie to yourself. If you say, I'm not ready and I don't care, that, that's, 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 that's okay. That's your call. That's your call. You be you. But if you're here today and you say, you know, I'm not ready, but I, I want to be. <laughs> I want to be ready for his return. I want to be ready for that moment when Jesus Christ comes back for the church. I, I want to accept his free gift of salvation. Like, why would I not? And I want to follow him. The creator of my life knows life better than me. I want to follow him. I'd like to everyone just to bow your heads, can you, just for a moment. To give everyone a, an opportunity and a moment to consider, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? The great news is that if you are not for sure if you are ready, you can be when you walk out of this place. Not because of your good deeds. Not because of the fact that you're in a church facility. No. You can be ready by placing your faith in Jesus. By calling out to him. Say, I'm guilty before you, God. I don't deserve life, but I accept the life that you give. The eternal life. I accept that you are the way and the truth and the life. And I can't get salvation from any other source in this world. I can't get it from myself. I need you. For those who are here today, you're watching online, say, I today want to make sure that I'm ready. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive him. I want to place my faith in him. Would you just slip up a hand right where you're at? Just slip up a hand right where you're at. I want to give opportunity. So that we can pray. I didn't see any hands. I just want to take this moment 
to, to just share with you as your heads are bowed. If you're considering this, if you're like, ah, I need to check out the claims of Christ, like I need to lean into this, I'm encouraging you, go for it. Do it. Don't miss a day. Lean into who God is. Find out. Ask questions of people that you trust. Here's the thing. If you seek truth, Jesus will reveal himself to you. And when he does, call upon his name so that you can be ready in right relationship with God. So that you can know because you know, because you know, because you know that when you die or when Jesus comes back, you're ready. You and God are good. Not because you're good, but because he's good and you've accepted his goodness. You can know. You can know. You can know. God, I pray in this place that anyone who is here who is not yet in right relationship with you, may they know that they don't have to earn it. They are called to accept what you have done. And I pray that even before the sun goes down today, that there will not be one person who is here today who goes to bed tonight without getting right with you, humbling themselves before you and saying, Jesus, I need you. I need your salvation for today and tomorrow and the next and the next and the next. I need your help in my life. I need you. I fall upon you and on your mercy for salvation. May it be so, Lord. In your name, amen. Jesus is coming again. And now more than ever, we must be ready. Now more than ever, we must live ready. Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. Jesus said, be ready because I'm going to come back at a time when you do not expect me to come back. I read about a group of Americans in the 1800s who thought they pinpointed exactly when Jesus was going to come back. And so they actually, true story, they packed up food for two days and they left their crowded city and went into the countryside because they thought, we're going to get a better view than all those jokers left in that city. And so they went out with that food and their families and they waited for the coming of Jesus. And as you can probably imagine, sometime later they eventually came back to town because you don't know when Jesus is going to come back. Now, I love their desire. I love their desire. They're like, come on, we're ready. That's scriptural. Whew, we're lifting our heads. We're ready. We're looking for his return. But we don't know exactly when that will be. Jesus said, stay awake for you don't know on what day your Lord is coming. Now more than ever, we must live ready. We must live ready. It's not a time or a day to be messing around. I believe Jesus could come back at any moment just like that. As we read in the, in the word about the last days, we read in the word about things that are going to happen before his return, I believe that Jesus could come back in a moment, at any moment. We must live ready. And now more than ever, now more than ever, we must help others get ready. We must help others get ready. Our vision for this church is honor, experience, influence, honor. We honor the Lord. We worship him. We seek him. We put him first. We honor the Lord. We honor the king. 
experience. We experience our next steps in the faith. And we, we talk about serve teams and life groups and spending time in the word and prayer and opportunities to, to connect with other believers. Why we want to take our next steps in the faith. We want to be growing. Jesus says, when I come back, will I find faith on this earth? And we want to be a church that has faith. So we need to grow in our faith. And thirdly, influence. Influence. We define it this way, the love and the power of God affecting someone through you. The love and the power of God affecting someone through you. Jesus said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses throughout the world. The love and the power of God affecting someone through you. Recently, a couple in our church, their names are Denny and Sandy, uh, told me about how they went fishing to this certain fishing pier this past summer. And while they were there, they met a gentleman. And then, and then over the next few weeks, they happened to meet the same gentleman in the same place a couple more times. And as that relationship built, they were able to share with this man our need for salvation, God's offer of salvation, and they were able to lead him into relationship with Jesus. That's influence. It's the love and the power of God affecting someone through you. Influence could be praying for someone. You know, someone shares with you, and our friends do this, right? They share, this is what I'm going through. Or maybe even you see someone in a store, and they're like, hey, I'm going through some stuff. And you're just like, hey, are you, what's going on? And maybe it's at the, even at the counter as you're paying, and they're, they're, you could tell something's going on. Can I pray with you about anything? It's influence. It's bringing Jesus into the conversation. I like to say it like this. It's like bringing Jesus onto the radar in people's lives. Like what? Some people have never been prayed for. We've had that happen. Praying for something like, well, no one's ever prayed for me before. Their entire life. Influences the love and the power of God affecting someone through. It might be by meeting a need in their life. It, it, could, be, it could be even uh, just, sh just stepping into a situation and praying. I remember there was a, a young man in the student ministry who left the student service on a Wednesday night. And as he was driving home, there was an accident that he saw that was off to the side. And so EMTs had not arrived yet. And so this teenager gets out of his car, parks his car, gets out and walks up to the accident and praised with the lady who was there before the EMTs got there. That's, the, that, that's, that's influence. The love and the power of God affecting someone through you. Influence could be having a, a conversation or engaging in a conversation about intelligent design, about the reliability of scripture, about the existence of God. Influence could be what I call an impartation of faith. Not that I came up with that term, but just in terms of influence, what I mean by that is someone shares with you what's going on in their life, and maybe it's a sickness, it's a diagnosis, whatever, but impartation of faith, if you're really walking in that, it's saying, I, I believe God can heal you. Now, God might put a word on your heart saying, I believe God's going to heal you, but, there it's, but always it's true that I believe God can heal you. I believe God can forgive you. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe I did this. I believe God can forgive you. It's an impartation of faith. People are like, what? I believe there's hope. I believe you can have peace. It's an impartation of your faith that now they are in contact with. It's influence. The love and the power of God affecting someone through you. It's creatively using social media. It's uh, utilizing an encouraging card and letting someone know that you're praying for them. Letting someone, someone, someone know something about God. It's adding a scripture in there. It's putting Jesus on the radar. 
It's using what you can do in your, in your ability, your capacity to make the name of Jesus known and relying on God's ability to make it powerful. I remember once Lacey and I were with our kids in a crowded water park. And as we were, there, I was tired. I get tired out those places. And so I'm sitting on the lawn chair, right? That's me. I'm sitting on the lawn chair. Uh, and I, I look up in the sky, and it's a clear blue sky day. And all of a sudden, there's one of those planes, you know, that writes in the sky with the exhaust. I don't know how all that works, but they, and it's unbelievable what they can do. And I look up, and I'm like, oh, what, what, what car lot is he going to advertise for? You know what I'm saying? And he, he, this was, he or she is piloting this plane, and all of a sudden they begin to write, and it says this, Jesus loves you. And it just stayed there for a while. And I'm thinking, how amazing is this? The, the place that we were at literally had thousands of people there. Not to mention we were in a big city, and so there were tens of thousands of people that could have seen this and probably did. Jesus loves you. And then it, you know, eventually like, goes away. Like, that was awesome. Then I look up again, whew, he comes back, or she comes back. And it says, Jesus gives. I'm like, okay, this guy's preaching. Let's go. I'm getting all excited. I'm thinking, all oh, these thousands of people that are looking up in the sky. It says, Jesus gives. So Jesus loves you. Jesus gives. And then, and then one more time, the pilot came back. And writes, ask. I was so challenged by that. Well, I, I, I don't know how to fly a plane. I see one pilot's here. There might be more pilots that are here. I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. But there are other things I can do. And there are things that you can do. To creatively get Jesus on the radar. To creatively influence people with the love and the power of God. I'm believing there are ways even maybe that we haven't thought of or ways that we have never even considered in order to influence people with the love and the power of God. I'm going to ask Pastor Nate to come at this time. Pastor Nate is our community impact pastor. That's one of the, the hats that he wears. And I wanted us to be able just to have a conversation about some of the things that we've been talking about, some of the things that we've been working on, and some of the things that we've been praying about. And I thought, wow, it would just be awesome to have Pastor Nate come up so he can share a little bit of his heart and some of the things that are, that are going on. And so we'll just basically over the next few moments have a conversation and invite you to join us. Well, it is an honor to be here today. Um, and let me tell you, this, what you're talking about is one of the most beautiful conversations I've been able to be a part of. Just the conversation with you, Pastor Pat, the other pastors. How do we cause our people to, to look out into the world, to love their neighbors, to think creatively? How do we do that? And the biggest thing is be moved to action. And um, I think that's one of the hardest, the biggest challenges for us as Americans. One of our theme verses for this, this thing we're trying to, we're rolling out, not trying to roll out, is Isaiah 58, 10 through 12. It says, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He'll strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild ancient ruins and raise up age-old foundations. May that be our city. And you'll be called a repairer of broken walls, a restorer of streets with dwellings. So it's, it's what you're sharing. 
how, we've been asking the question, how do we, how do we zoom in on this bullseye of influence? And uh, so we've partnered with a, an organization called CityServe. And um, the idea, it, it, we've, it's been in process for about a year. And uh, what they do is they, they want to see the local church increase in their personal witness into the community. Uh, and that's summarized well. You, mm. you say it really well. It's the love and power of God working through us. It's our neighbors. That's our coworkers. That's the marginalized. That's the unloved. And it's us examining our lives and saying, how, how do I use my life, my, the ordinary moments in my life, to let God do something extraordinary in those moments? Mm-hmm. So this organization, I, we've, we've looked, you know, done a lot of investigation into it and found that the, the mission and vision just aligns really well with our church. So we want to talk about how it yeah, works. Yeah, how, how, explain to us, how in the world does this work, partnership with CityServe, how that can help us? So CityServe partners with local churches, and they, they offer coaching, and they offer truckloads of items that we call goods in kind, these items, for the purpose of giving, giving away to people in the community for the purpose of explicitly sharing Jesus with people. Uh, so we give these items away through people we, we mobilize in the church. We call these people heroes. Mm. Uh, and... This is just us. It's, it's a funny term, you know, a hero, but it's, it's, all this is is someone who has a heart for evangelism and has a heart to say, yes, Lord, use me. That's it. So why would somebody become a hero? There, there's somebody who would say, I, I can creatively use these items. So th- these items are oftentimes kind of random. They're, they're tr- it's a truckload of items. We'll talk about more about w- mm-hmm. what they are, but... These are people who will say, I can use these items creatively to love my neighbor and share Jesus. And these are people who will say, I'm not in this for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this to benefit me. I'm not giving this item away to benefit somebody else. Even when we ask them to agree, we're not going to sell or barter or trade mm-hmm. any of these items. So it's, it's been a beautiful process seeing this roll out. Um, there's no minimum. We don't ask people to like, give away a certain number or mm-hmm. you know, have a quota you have to meet. It's a tool, meant to be a tool in your tool belt. So. so I look over here, and you might have noticed some of the things up here as well. So looks like bicycle helmet, snowshoes. Guess this is snowmobile helmet. Yep. Some big boots here, a tent. I think down here I saw it's a pickleball set, pickleball, pickleball net, set. Yeah. Outdoor rug, picnic baskets. Um, toys. To- yeah, like toys, rope swing. So. That's pretty cool stuff. I know there's a bunch more on the table out there. So yeah. where does the free stuff come from? So basically this organization uh, offers truckloads of items from like places like Amazon. Mainly the, the, the items we've, we've, we've received so far from Amazon. Hopefully in the future we'll be able to get items from other places. These items come in a semi-truck. Uh, somebody actually donated uh, a forklift for us to use. It's a... Um, it, we, the only thing we do to get these trucks is we pay for the shipping, and that's been wonderfully, we've been blessed to receive uh, finances from the missions department to mm-hmm. start this process. So the items come, we put them into an inventory. So we break down these, these items, they come on a pallet, we break down the pallet, and the items get uh, photographed and then put into an app, and then our heroes can use the items to, to look, they can look through the app, see what items they could use to bless somebody, and then go on to do it. Mm. What, what are some testimonies, some stories? 
that's, this is where it gets crazy. <laughs> in, um, so we started this in July. We've got our first truck in July. We've received two trucks. Um, we've given away, we've made 163 deliveries since then. So I, I didn't even tell you this yet, hmm. but I did the math. That's about, that's almost one per day hmm. since we started that we've made a delivery to somebody. Now, when we say delivery, too, that's not just one item. In many of these cases, this is a van load of items. Uh, we've, the, the testimonies are just so far-reaching. One of my favorite ones, one of my favorite moments was there was a group of international students that I got connected with through international friends, through the Kelches. And these, these four Indian students were sharing a one-bedroom apartment at Woodland Apartments, and no furniture. They were all sleeping on the floor, and I, I, they invited me over, and I, so I come in, and I'm looking around, and I, it literally, I, there was no furniture in their apartment. Mm. They had wow. a few dishes and some pots and pans, and I just, it, like, my heart broke mm-hmm. immediately. So I, uh, our church was able to bless them, mm. and we just brought a van over and uh, dropped off a whole bunch of items, furniture, kitchen items. The, the stories just continue, though. That's mm. just one. Wow. There's people... Like uh, one of our heroes, she met a guy who fell off a roof and he was going to be laid up in bed. She was able to bless him with bedding, furniture, help his house. You know, just Mm. there's a couple, another couple that um, the husband had a dream in the night that he was supposed to deliver a bed to a woman at a very specific apartment complex. So him and his wife get in the car, go pick up a bed, show up at the apartment complex, not knowing who they're going (laughs) to encounter. Sure enough, they meet a woman. They, they're able to pray with her, deliver wow. this bed. Give her, they actually, I think, went, went back for more items. Wow. And those, those stories are just happening every day. Mm-hmm. Organizations being blessed, like Life Clinic, Teen Challenge, the Shelter House, classrooms. Mm-hmm. You were a part of that. Mm-hmm. The, there were teachers' classrooms in Midland that were able to be you know, blessed, and we were able to deliver items, right. too. Oh. So many things. So thinking about us as a church, um, for anyone that's interested, what are next steps? Well, so the next steps are just three really simple things. The first one is our next hero training is in February. And if you're interested in signing up, we have, you can either email that account, cityserve at cccmidland.com. You can scan that QR code. Um, And also, if you're interested in volunteering, there's a lot of volunteer needs. You You can also respond to that email address. It has been, it's been a beautiful process of just loving our community. One other thing I wanted to share really Mm -hmm. quick was every hero that makes a delivery prays for somebody. Mm. And they go, uh, so I was asking one of our heroes about this. So how many people have you been able to pray for Mm -hmm. since you started? She said, I've made more than 30 deliveries and only two people have said no to being prayed for on the spot. So this is, this is what it's about. Lord's moving. Well, I'm going to invite the worship team to come now, and I want everyone to know that this is something that we started on on a very small scale as like a pilot. It's the first time we're making an announcement about this because uh, we wanted to see, is this going to be scalable? Is this something that can connect with the communities that we live in? Is this something that uh, could be effective for us in trying to reach people with the love and the power of God? Is this something that we want to engage with? And we found that it is. We found that it's gone extremely well. A number of volunteers in this church uh, have already just been fully engaged and made this something to where uh, we are now ready to say, if you want to be a part of it, you can be. 
You can be. A couple things I want to say about this. One is there is no goal that I have that half of our church signs up to be a hero with what we're doing with this. No, not at all. Not at all. It is an opportunity. It is an opportunity for any of us to like, you know what? I want to add this tool to my tool belt, right? My tool belt of reaching out to people and encouraging people, loving people. It's just a resource. It's really access to resources to meet needs and to build relationships. Understand that it's not just a gift that is given to someone who needs that bed. They don't have a bed, they need a bed. Let's get them a bed, right? Let's give them a brand new bed. It's that. But it's also the people that we know, the people that we live around. It might be that you see that they're interested in something. You see that they're, they like to work in their yard. You're like, man, you know, and you're building a relationship with them. You just want to show that you care. Maybe they went through something tough. Maybe they didn't. You're just building the relationship. And you, you check out on the app, and you got, oh, you got this. You know, it's a whatever it is. It's a, I don't even know, leaf blower. It's a whatever it is. I don't know whatever it is. I don't know what's in the, in, in the, the stock right now or what we will get. But you're like, you know, I'm just going to give that to them just to bless them. Just to bless them. Not to get anything out of it in return. Just to bless them. Just to say, you know what, I'm thinking of you. I want you to know I care about you. And notice that you like this sort of thing. Here you go. I just want to give it to you. Can I pray with you about anything? You know, just building a relationship. It's a tool in the tool belt. There's no pressure at all for anyone to be a part of this. It's if you want to be. And those that have been engaged, as I said, in a very small uh, level at the very beginning, just to pilot this to see if it would work, are loving the opportunity to be resourced with new things in order to impact, meet needs, build relationships. The love and the power of God affecting someone through me. Would you please stand? Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.